Welcome to Power Talk Podcast, where the talk is interesting, informative, and powerful. Welcome to another Power Talk Podcast with Pastor Paul Chicado and hey. myself, hey, Reverend hey. Matthew DeLeon. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello, listeners. How are you guys doing out there? Hopefully, you guys are enjoying these awesome gas prices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go get another job. <laughs> I'm you, man. It was at that one in living color, that one skit. 14 yeah. jobs, man. Uh, 14 jobs. Yeah, the Jamaican family. <laughs> the Jamaican family. Yeah. And I think one guy had like two jobs or three jobs because he was already famous making a lot of money. Yeah. And they were disappointed in him because he didn't have enough jobs. <laughs> I know. Only three jobs. <laughs> They're so silly, man. Those that was kids. funny. But uh, it's kind of crazy right now, Pastor. Uh, again, we always start off with current affairs. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and start off with the gas prices. I mean, that's just kind of like... Uh, it's kind of bad for our economy, man. I mean, we're already taking a lot of hits in different directions from COVID, people not working and different different things like that. But now, I mean, a huge hike price. Yeah, it, it, it's something that could have been avoided, you know, under the administration of Donald Trump. And, and this really isn't a plug for him, but it's just the reality. Mm-hmm. Under his administration, you know, uh, he had basically shut down a lot of export of oil reserves from yeah. other countries. And basically, it was stifling their economies, mm-hmm. but it was helping ours, and it was yeah. putting people to work. And then when Biden came in as president, a few months later, he closed down the Alaskan pipeline. And so when he closed down the Alaskan pipeline, it put thousands of people out of work, Yeah, and it closed down a lot of our oil reserves. Do we know why he did that? Is there any... I don't remember why. The, okay. I, I think they tried to present it as a good idea. I think it was more or less because of the contamination potentially of the ground, which, come on, give me a break. The oil comes from the ground. So, you know, it doesn't take rocket scientists to know. Good point. Well, back when that when that Chevron, uh, not spill. the Chevron oil spill, the Chevron oil spill was a tanker. Mm-hmm. Um, but when there was that big oil uh, line eruption underneath uh, in the Gulf of Mexico back several years ago. Oh, yes. That was probably back about 10, maybe 12 years ago I it happened. I remember that. Well, when that exploded, it was a pipeline. Basically what it was, it was an oil rig and the mm-hmm. pipe had exploded. And of course, it's hundreds of feet below the sea level. Mm-hmm. And so they couldn't just plug it off and it spewed out hundreds of thousands of gallons of barrels of oil and one of the things that all the ecologists were saying back then Mm -hmm. was that it would take literally a hundred and something years for all of the oil uh to to naturally disperse sure and so back at the time after they finally got it capped off they capped off the oil spout that was leaking all that oil what they did is they uh they did lot. They did huge things to try to clean it up. Well, they couldn't get it clean, mm-hmm. and so they basically said this was going to ruin the whole Gulf of Mexico, right. and it was going to ruin a lot of these port cities and these towns. Yeah. Well, within like two to three months, it all disappeared. They couldn't figure it out. Wow. On its own. All on its own. Basically, again, oil is meant to come from the ground and it's made to go back. back God has it. set up nature in within itself to, to cleanse itself and to do whatever. It's all wow. part of the natural part of you know the earth. So And you're right, it is a natural resource. It's a natural resource. When you think about that when you say it that way, it is a natural resource, so it will go back into the ground. Earth, I guess. And that's what they couldn't figure out. They couldn't figure out where it all went. 
I think it just naturally went back to the end of the ground. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was a little bit of the miraculous at the same time, sure, but sure. nonetheless, they they said it was going to take between 100 to like 125 years for it to clear up yeah. uh, before they could get it cleaned up. Yeah, we know so much, Pastor. Yeah, we know, we, so, we know much, so much. I mean, come on. It's a natural reserve, natural from the ground itself. So the earth has been messy with oil before. I mean, come on. It's been messy with oil yeah. before, so why right. would it all of a sudden now not have the, the ability to take and clean, cleanse itself, however that looks? Exactly. So my point is that um, if we're worried about oil spills, we're worried about silly things. Mm -hmm. We're worried about things that the earth is naturally made for. Yeah. And so, again, what, we, what it did is it took thousands of workers out of work mm -hmm. and it re, it made us completely dependent on foreign oil which is why we're in the situation we are right now with yes. russia yes we're in a bad situation because we're dependent and this is why i believe it took the president so many days to decide okay we're going to withhold our oil um our need for oil from russia because we don't have any other oil there's oil being produced in Texas and California, Alaska, Alaska, but but even in the Alaska pipeline would actually produce about 200,000 more gallons of oil per year than the Russia would give us. And we shut that off and we shut it off and he shut it off a year ago. So my point is that, you know, the reason why gas prices are so high is because we've got nowhere else to go. There's nowhere else to get oil. We don't have no place to go with it or get oh it from gosh. because we're going to have to shut off Russia and be in the third war. They kind of control us now. Let me ask you something, Pastor. Do you foresee anything as far as economy wise with, with America? I mean, this is going on right now. This is a, again, this yeah. is a heavy hit to our pocketbook. Let's be honest about that. You know, whatever cost for concern. I mean, do you see anything? It is. I mean, well, we know one of the things I noticed this past week, we were, we were, we noticed that, um, you won't see as many cars on the road. Mm. Um, we noticed that there's not only many cars on the road, but a lot of people will probably revert to like bicycle riding and walking and, and all of a sudden we're going to see the, there was a hike in car purchases. Mm -hmm. We're going to see a, a halt to that because of these gas prices. I'm assuming, right? It is amazing because we seen a, we, we seen a decline in new car purchases already mm -hmm. because yeah. China has a monopoly on the chips and a lot of these asian countries have a monopoly on these chips like korea and mm -hmm. stuff and then you have russia who has kind of a, not a monopoly but they have a lot of the oil that we use that we we ex import mm -hmm. so what happens is is now you have china and russia who work together so now we've got a double whammy against us so not only did we see new cars sales go down we've seen used cars go up we did. We've seen used car prices go way up. Yeah. Um, so what happens is, is now you have a problem with getting the chips to these brand new cars. Mm -hmm. So that's going to hurt the industry, the, yeah, car, the car industry, industry. big time. Mm -hmm. It's also going to hurt the oil industry. Um, and so what does that mean? You know, I mean, if you're a conspiracy theorist. Okay, so let, as a conspiracy, it's just a thought. Go ahead. I can't prove this or verify this. So we'll only know it. It will. It'd take time a few years down the road to show up. Mm -hmm. But you know, one of the things that we've been trying to do is go green for years. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've been trying to go green. What better way than to get the get America off the need for gas mm -hmm. or oil mm -hmm. by forcing them to start buying electric or part electric or biofuels, mm -hmm. uh, specific yeah. biofuels that. Yeah. That require that, that 
use up very little CO2 or emissions within yeah, the absolutely. in the air and stuff like that. It, it, you know, if if there was an agenda, it would make sense why you have computer chips. What does that do? Hits the car industry. What happens with the oil? It hits the car industry. So these two things are hitting the car industry. And I'm like, hmm. For, for an if, like you're saying, for an agenda to go green. For an agenda to go green, or is there some other thing that maybe we're overlooking? And again, I, I'm not saying that there is. Right. But it is interesting that of all the industries that have been the most impacted, it's the car industry. Mm. And, and, the one, and the one thing that's been hit the most is without computer chips, they can't get these cars on the road. In fact, they can't even get them to read their fuel emissions right without those computers. Right. And I do remember part of uh, Biden's campaign before he got elected was going green, mm -hmm. but having that done by 2032 or something like that. Yeah, there's already, you know, a lot of uh, uh, policies out there and uh, things that they're trying to, to get to go through that, mm -hmm. that there are certain dates that these certain things have to be done yeah. in order for them to hit their goals. Yeah, they even talk about getting older cars off the road already and they've been and they've been talking about that for like 30 years yeah but they're closer to getting that done yeah. they really are they're yeah. closer to getting that done now um so you know again I, i'm not saying that there's an agenda you know don't hold me to it or there's some sort of conspiracy mm -hmm. but it's just interesting that the one major industry and i'm sure it's affected other industries too by the way sure i don't want to sure. act like it hasn't that's a good point but, but the one good. thing that's a constant mm -hmm. in our country is the purchase and sell of purchase and the buying mm -hmm. and the selling of cars mm -hmm. and the need for part of that is the reason because we all need to get to work mm -hmm. we all need to get to places yeah. and so our country is very dependent on transportation. Oh, absolutely. And so what happens if you if you do away with oil? Mm -hmm. What happens if you do away with these computer chips all of a sudden? It's forcing people to look for different means of, uh, you know, and again, you're controlling people now. Out of curiosity, just a thought. Remember we had that monorail going through here? Was it, was it called the monorail? Uh, well, it's the, it's the high-speed rail. The high-speed rail, thank you. It was supposed to go through, start where, and end up in L.A.? Well, it's supposed to start in San Francisco, the Bay Area. Yeah. And it should go all the way through all the San Joaquin Valley and Fresno, all these uh, Kern County, Fresno County, but all of San Joaquin Valley. Yeah. And up over the the, the Grapevine and into L.A. County. Have you heard anything about that, the high-speed rail? Well, the interesting thing is, is that, you know, originally when they started the high-speed rail, originally they, they, they figured it was going to be somewhere to the tune of 20 to $40 billion. Crazy. And that they figured that they'd make that up within a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. uh, well, they found out after they got going on it that it was going to cost somewhere between now fifty to eighty billion. Mm -hmm. Now they're estimating the cost would be over a hundred billion. Mm -hmm. Well, it was a rail system that they figured it would. I think it was originally about a ten-year plan. Mm -hmm. Well, they've already been. They're already at that about that ten-year mark, wow. and they haven't even gotten even twenty-five percent of it done. Because again, the state doesn't have the money to fund it wow. because it was going to be a state-funded rail, okay. uh, uh, basically locomotive of some sort mm -hmm. or, or transportation, yeah. which is not a good idea for the state to ever be involved in. Mm -hmm. You know, that's made for uh, private investors. Yes. And so, when the private industry isn't involved in something that's made for the private industry, right. such as transportation, mm -hmm. uh, you, you put you put people that are involved in your money that really aren't very good at balancing budgets anyway. Wow. And uh, you know, our state's never been great at balancing budgets, mm -hmm. especially with our liberal 
uh, governors and things of that nature and politicians. Yeah. We've never been that good at it. We've yeah. never been that efficient. Mm -hmm. And so for them to think that they were going to make this high speed rail go from San Francisco to LA, Crazy. somebody had to believe the joke because mm -hmm. it was a joke. Yeah. And so this is why there's a lot of people in California knew it was a joke. Mm -hmm. And yet they're still trying to build it. There's right. still parts of it being built in certain areas because mm -hmm. they have some funding for it. Yeah. But that funding keeps running out. Mm -hmm. And so it's not a very cost efficient or effective. It would take probably 30 to 40 years to pay it off minimum, even under the best circumstance. In other words, it would be like maybe a generation or two before we'd even come close. But that's under the right circumstances, assuming, mm -hmm. and this is what the state assumed, right. the state assumed that it would be used for transportation for work. Mm. Again, most people that travel long distances like that mm. probably wouldn't still use the high-speed rail to get to work from San Francisco to LA. Wow. Most people that live in San Francisco work within probably a 50-mile radius of their job. Yeah. They're not going to get a job 200 and something miles away. I know. You know, about 300 miles actually away. Sense. Even if with a high-speed rail, to still travel on the train, mm. it would still roughly take you um, about... I would say an hour and a half from San Francisco to LA, that's assuming that there's no stops, which there probably would be. You're right. So it, even still to go to work would be two hours. And if you're going to use it for travel, there's nobody in there realistically that's going to go away for two, three, four days, five days at a time mm -hmm. that's going to be dependent on a high-speed rail to go on their vacations. Mm -hmm. They're going to want to take their car so they can get around that's even when point. they're on their vacation. Good so that's why I say they're, they're, whoever thought of it wasn't thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's not really a great mode of transportation. Usually people that want to go on a transport transportive type trip, mm -hmm. if they do take a bus or a train, mm -hmm. look, even the buses and trains don't make very good money in the state of California. No, they don't. They the gray, don't. The Greyhounds, Orange Belts, they no, don't. That's they why don't. they've had to drop their prices over the years because that's people right. don't use them for travel. Yeah. Cars get better gas mileage, plus you want a vehicle wherever you get to your destination to it's, be able to drive around. It's convenient. It's convenient to have your own vehicle when you're there. Mm -hmm. Or they rent cars yeah. so yes. they can still have transportation to get around. That's why I say, usually when you get on a bus, mm -hmm. you have to hope somebody picks you up mm -hmm. and that you have to basically use their transportation to get to anywhere. Yeah, it's really inconvenient when you think about it's it very inconvenient so that's why i say to build a high-speed rail and all of a sudden it's going to be better than greyhound and mm -hmm. amtrak mm -hmm. your own in your and your own personal vehicle yeah in your own vehicle as well right no no they, they they just don't work for those type of things that's why greyhound and orange belt uh, a lot of these busing systems mm -hmm. have had to use it to try to gather multitudes of people. So like what they do is they do specials. Like uh, uh, for instance, if you're into gambling, mm -hmm. they do a big gambling tour bus. And so oh, they'll have, yeah. you know, where you can yeah. get picked up in like a Fresno and they'll take 50 of you for a, a discounted price all the way to Las Vegas. Yeah. And then they come back the next day or yeah. the two days later. And they have that with football too. Yes, you know, they do it with football. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. They do it with all kinds of different things they because bus, buses themselves don't make enough money just off of an individual right. needing transport, uh, transportation mm -hmm. from one point A to point B. Right. And that's why I said anybody who ever thought of the high speed rail as being a good idea, in our country, we like having our own transportation. Yeah. 
Sure do. Whether it be a bicycle, a motorcycle, a car, a, a, car, a bus, a bus of our own, a van. You know, oh, that's what I meant. Van, yeah. a van. And for the most part, we or we like to fly mm -hmm. if we can. And right. a lot of the planes have dropped their prices because they're not doing well financially. No. no. And so they've had to drop their prices over the year. You can get round trip tickets from some places to the other cheaper today than what you could 20 years ago. Right. And so again, it's just because of the fact that, again these specialized modes of transportation don't are not cost effective right so right. we may never pay that transportation that high-speed rail off wow now so we're gonna go ahead and uh kind of segue into our topic today pastor mm -hmm. today's topic is the word offense offense yes offense yes now when i say that pastor what comes to your mind when we, when we talk about the word offense uh something that you've done whether it be verbally mm. Uh, most likely verbally, or yeah. you've done something intentional, you've done whether intentional or unintentional, yeah. whatever, in whatever form it comes in, but it hurt me mm. and it bothered me to the point that I see you differently. Mm -hmm. I not only see you differently, but I respond to you differently. Mm, good. Uh, I think of you differently. I act differently around you because yeah. I, I, I may not like you now mm. uh, I, because I'm hurt with you. Yeah. So I see that all as a part of being an offense. That's very good. Because it's funny, it goes along with the definition of the word offense. Yes. It means be angered, annoyed, and resent about or towards someone you love. Yeah. Someone yeah. you care about. And that's the definition of the word offense. Now, there's plenty of scripture we can go to really quick, but before we do, is there anything that really stood out to you, maybe in your area of life, in your experience of ministry, where you either you struggle with offense or you counsel people with offense? Yeah, being in ministry, well, just being alive. <laughs> just being alive is <laughs> you a know reason what? to be offended anymore. I think you said it perfectly, because yeah. it's not just ministry, Pastor. Yeah. In our own home. Let's yeah. start with that. We can start with that. In our own home, there's been, I'm sure, offenses in our own you know, personal relationship with our spouses. I'm telling you, bro, you, you, you can't hardly wake up any morning without somebody, especially if they're dealing with something, and what do they do? They take it out on you, or they Very do good. something uh, that, that just irritates you. And then before now, before you know it, you got two individuals that are upset with each other, and it really started over something that had nothing to do with either one of you. Right. But it creates those offenses and it creates a hurt mm. and it creates a part where you have to either forgive or you're unforgiving. Wow, uh, and so you hold it against them now. Wow. And so this is the thing. And so it happens and occurs in your own homes. Yeah. Now, Pastor, I know we're probably jumping ahead, but you know what? We don't really have a schedule or agenda to follow through right now. But can offense keep you from going into heaven? Uh, yeah. Yeah, an offense can because an offense can cause a deep anger mm. issue, issue. And it says be angry and sin not. Mm. Look, uh, you know, I was thinking about this one day and I was thinking, really, what's the difference between the anger that's of sin and the anger that's not of sin? Mm. I find that there's really only one anger yeah. that's not sinful. And it's anger that's aroused because of sin. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah, Anything good. that's created by sin. So, for instance, the reason I hate Satan is because he is the master of sin. Amen. Everything he does is in direct rebellion against God. Mm -hmm. But then let's take it to the more natural level. Okay. When I look around the world around me, I hate what I see yeah. people doing. Mm -hmm. I don't hate those people, mm -hmm. but, but I hate that sin. I, right. And I should hate it. I should hate what they do. 
because if I don't hate what they do, I'll never have a reason to correct them. Mm. I'll never have a reason to bring truth to them. But I don't hate them. And there's, so I don't ever find anything in scripture that allows me to hate people, yeah. uh, to be hateful of people in any way, mm-hmm. except to hate sin yeah. and plain and simple. So, right. um, yeah, that, I think that that's something that has to be established right away. And so my point is this, is that offenses that if they're not dealt with, they can easily turn to something that we're so resentful that it becomes even hateful. Wow. Now, do you have any scriptures when you look at uh, the word offense? Did you find anything that really stood out to you? Yeah, the one thing that really stands out for me is like in um, um, Luke, um, well, Matthew chapter 11, 1. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the overall version of uh, Luke chapter, um, let me see here. Uh, it was in Luke 7. That's right. It was in Luke 7. Yeah. And um, in Luke 7, it was Jesus. He's out ministering. And John's disciples decide. Uh, John had sent John. Uh, John had sent his own personal oh, disciples. Oh yeah, familiar with that. Yeah, remember yeah, this I, Yes, passage? I do. Okay, I so do. so John, here we are in Luke chapter seven, verse seventeen, yeah. and it says this report went out about him, and it was talking about Jesus. A report went out about Jesus. Yes. Went out throughout all Judea and all the surrounding region. Now, before we go to John had already been in prison during this time because mm-hmm. he was about ready to be beheaded. And it was because, um, what was it, Herod's daughter or was it? Oh, yes. Uh, Herod's daughter or was, law? His, his stepdaughter. Stepdaughter. His stepdaughter. Decided to do a dance in front of him and it was uh-huh. very provocative and exotic and very sensual. Yes. And basically, he was like so pleased with the dance. He basically said, Look, whatever you want, I'll give you all the way up to even half my land. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I don't want land. I want John the Baptist's head yeah. on a platter. Yeah. And that bothered him because right. actually, Herod actually respected John. I don't know if he liked him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did have a high respect for John. He sure did. He sure did. Because, and I don't know all the reasons why he respected him exactly, but he had a respect for John. Yeah. So John was, in his mind, I don't care how crazy the guy is, I'm not going to touch him. Yeah, exactly. But Herod's stepdaughter ends up doing this dance because she knew that her mother didn't like John. Exactly. So basically what happened, she did this dance, asked for John's head. Mm-hmm. Herod's like, oh my goodness, no, of all the people. Well, he ends up, he has him in prison. So here's where the story begins. And we find out that Jesus's name basically is going out through all Judea, all the miracles that he's doing. And it says in verse 18, then the disciples of John reported to him, John, concerning all these things. And John calling two of his disciples to him said to them, to Jesus, sent them to Jesus saying, are you the one, the coming one? Or do we look for another? Okay. So first of all, John already knows it's Jesus. So he's questioning for a reason. We have to wonder, why is he asking this question? He already knows this is Jesus. He knows who his cousin is. He knows his cousin is the only one going around being able to do miracles. Right. And so... In verse 20, it says, When the men had come to him, and they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the one 
coming one? Mm -hmm. Or do we look for another? And that very hour he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, wow. and evil spirits, and wow. to many blind eyes he gave sight. And Jesus answered and said to them, basically later on, mm -hmm. Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, wow. the deaf, are he deaf hear, and the dead are raised. The poor have the gospel preached to them. There it is. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Wow. That was basically Jesus sending John a message. Guess what? It is me. It's the it's your cousin. I'm out here doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. And John, I believe, sent them because John knew that if this is the Messiah, my cousin, the one that I prepared the way for. There it is. This is the one that I prepared. So find out if this is the coming one, because yeah. if this is the coming one, uh -huh. this is the one I prepared the way for. Yeah. You can go deep on this one. Yeah. You really go deep on this one. And I think John was laying it on a little thick, but I understand why. He's about ready <laughs> to die. die. He yeah. knows it. And he's like, I know that only my cousin, I know that the one that I prepared the way for, the one that I was called to lay the foundation for, I know he's the one that can get me out of this mess. Wow. He was afraid. He was afraid. He was afraid. And Jesus basically said this. He says, uh, And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Mm. And it says, When the messengers of John departed, he he began to speak to them, oh, to the multitudes yeah. concerning John. And so Jesus went ahead and talked about how there's none greater than John. I love that. So why would he talk about this? And why would he say, Blessed are those who are not offended or whatever? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's basically letting John know, John, I love you. Mm -hmm. But you've done your job. And I'm not coming to save you. Whoa. When you put in that perspective, Jesus yeah. saying, I know your fate. I know your fate. I know your fate, buddy. Hang in there. Yep. Hang in there. And Jesus could have easily broken him out of that cell, jail cell. But that's. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing. Oh, come on. This is good. So Jesus verified who he was by the company, by co the accompanying works that he did. But he all, but although he did these things, mm -hmm. he was making it clear to John not to be offended with him for not coming to rescue him from, from prison. Mm -hmm. So think about how easily we get offended. Oh, it's, yeah, it's good. Think about it. The yeah. Messiah, the King of Kings, the one I've spent. Mm -hmm. Think about why most people get offended. Most of us get offended for one reason. I've done something for you, and you gonna can't do nothing for me. I want something back. All right, I want something back. John's basically saying, "Man, I laid the foundation for you. If you're the coming one, now come and give me a give your brother, give your cousin a little love here." Yeah. You know. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, you're raising people from the dead. You're setting people free. Little love over here. Exactly. Can you imagine? He's doing all these miracles, and then he sends his John's disciples away with a question. I'm, I'm sorry. John sent his disciples what? to Jesus with a question. <laughs> the question. So, can you imagine? Jesus don't not only does it. I mean, think about it. If the disciples of John come and say, "Hey, are you the coming one?" Uh -huh, uh -huh. Jesus could have said yes and then sent them back. He didn't. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. I want John to know that I do miracles, but I'm not doing this miracle for him. You did it for the people. I'm doing it for the people. So watch that. Mm -hmm. So he's saying, so Jesus' assignment was to display. This was Jesus' assignment. Yeah. It was to display the work of God for man, mm -hmm. but not as a work over man. He's saying, I'm not going to use my power to lord it over them. I'm going to use my power to help them. Now see, that's a mic drop right there. So, John, if you want me to come, you're telling me I want you to, you're wanting me to use my power to lord my power over them. I did not come to earth for that reason, John. Mm 
Mm. I came to earth to show them my miraculous mm. so that way I could reveal my father to them. Mm. You're wanting me to lord over them. Mm. I didn't come for this reason. So don't be offended, John. I'm not coming for you. Mm. And John had to be in prison saying, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I need to keep my heart right and not be offended and hurt with my cousin. And, and you're right. In the clo- in the next scripture, like you said, verse, uh, what was it, uh, 20, 24, Jesus gave him the best eulogy. Yeah. His life was done. Yeah. And that's basically what he's saying. He's talking about how he, he, he the, the least on earth will be the greatest, greatest in heaven. And I tell you, John is born of women is nobody's greater. Yeah. And it's exactly what he's doing. He's giving his eulogy. Wow. To be the first martyr on during Jesus' era. Uh, well, for Jesus. Anyway. For Jesus. Yeah. For Jesus. But while Jesus is alive, yeah. the first martyr, if you will, yeah. John the Baptist. Yeah. And that's something. So yeah. to think that John knew what was going on Whoa. and he had to make a decision. So to think about it like this. Mm-hmm. Of all the things that John did, it, meant, it would have meant absolutely nothing if he would have held the offense. Hmm. That's why Jesus says, blessed are you yes. who are not offended with me. Right. And he wanted John to know, please don't be offended, John. I love you. I pr- I'm so grateful for all that you've done. Thank you. In fact, I'm going to give you the greatest eulogy of any man mm-hmm. because you were amazing in my eyes mm-hmm. and to the Father. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. don't let this anger and hurt and resentment rise up in your heart because you'll lose it all, everything that you've worked for. So can you imagine being John the Baptist, knowing that your cousin, who's the greatest person of ever to walk planet Earth, yeah. who is powerful enough to destroy the Earth with your thought, with just a word, yeah. and you have to sit in jail knowing my day's coming tomorrow and I have to be happy about it. it is. I have to be joyful about it. I can't be offended by I it. I can't be offended with it. I have to literally raise up my arms and surrender quietly, knowing that I did this for Jesus. Wow. And like you said, and Jesus sent those two disciples back with one thing. You tell John, don't be offended. Don't be offended. (laughs) Can you imagine that? And we get offended for a lot less in this world. Mm. We get offended over money. We get offended over because somebody said something that was maybe even a mistake, or maybe they said it intentionally. We get offended by a little thing. We get offended at so many different things, and yet Jesus is literally willing to risk somebody's life. And he says, still don't be offended. You know, and think about this topic, Pastor. There's another word that came to mind about offense was unforgiveness. Yes. Because unforgiveness will lead to an offense, an offense, or either way. Either way, you're offended, which will lead to unforgiveness as well. Exactly. And this is why it's extremely important that people guard their hearts and minds. Because offenses are only only stick and affect your future because mm. you didn't guard your heart and mind. Mm. And that's the whole purpose of Jesus telling John is just be sure your heart and mind is guarded. Yeah. That's see, really what he's saying. Like you're saying the disciples saw the, you know, the sick being healed, the dead being raised, the the, bo- the poor were being preached to. Yes. And now tell John. Now tell John. Blessed are you who are not offended with me. Yeah. <laughs> That's something. Man, Pastor. And, and, and that message wasn't to just John. That's why he said, blessed are you. Yes. Okay. I see what you're saying. He didn't say it was generalized. Yeah. He generalized it. He didn't actually say John. You're right. Because he's also speaking to his John's disciples, right? It's speaking to his disciples and it's speaking to all of us. Oh man. There's a scripture I have here. James 119. 
In New Living Translation, it says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. We must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Because when we're quick to listen, yes. okay, we can bring understanding to the table. We can, yes. Let's bring some wisdom. As opposed to being quick to speak. John, the scripture you gave in Luke chapter 7, he was being quick to speak yes. and slow to listen. Exactly. And Jesus like, no, no, no. Let's reverse this, buddy. Yep. You, your, your disciples are coming to you with a story, so be quick to listen yes. and slow to speak. Yep. So it, it had to be a, a, a moment in John's life. He could be either completely defeated and lose his own soul after all the hard work he did, mm. or he could be joyful yeah. in a time when he was about to be led to the slaughter yeah. and yet be grateful for the life that God did give him. You know, Pastor, let's go and fast forward from that scripture, you know, here is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, bleeding or crying out blood. Right, right. What John endured was was terrible. We yeah. I, being beheaded, yeah. obviously, is very terrible. But what Jesus had to endure was even worse. Yep. And there he is on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You know why? Because Jesus was giving up his right to be offended. Mm. He had a right to be offended with the world. Mm. And so, and the Father too. And the Father too. That's his son on that cross. Mm-hmm. I mean, how would we feel with our sons on a cross like that, man? Well, Jesus had a right to be offended with the Father yes. in the natural. Yes. He doesn't natural. ever really have a right. Nobody yeah. of us, none of us do. Mm-hmm. He could have been offended with the Father because according to Scripture, it was the Father that put him there. Mm-hmm. It was his will. It was a perfect will. Mm-hmm. And, and it says it pleased the Father to crush him. Mm-hmm. So it was, the, it was the Father, God, that put him on the cross. Mm. But it was also the people. So it was the people and God that put Jesus on the cross. It wow. was Satan that put Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. It was everyone. And Jesus couldn't be offended with nobody. Wow. Wow. I mean, this is deep. This is really yeah. good about offense. And like you said, we think we have a bad day. Yeah. We have reason to be mad at mom, yeah. dad, spouse, children, neighbor. When you put it in that kind of perspective, Pastor, like you said, we need to be better at guarding our hearts against offense. Yes. We have got to guard our hearts. You know, we live in a world, everybody's offended. This is why everybody's angry with each other for the most part, mm-hmm. is because I did something that bothered you. I did something that was disagreeable with you. And so we live in a world that's full of disagreement. Mm-hmm. And as a result, it's we're all divided. Yeah. Everybody's mm-hmm. divided. Think about it. Why, why, do, why do people talk so hard against the president? Mm-hmm. Well, I know why, because he's disagreeable with our values and our care, you know, and, and certain things that we believe in. Yeah, he could be an offense to our belief system. He could easily be an offense, but I'm not offended by him. Mm-hmm. I already know what the Bible said about these times. Mm-hmm. And so why am I going to be offended? I, look, do I like the way he does, treats America and the way he substantiates and ex- makes excuses for the way he choose, makes decisions? Mm-hmm. Not at all. Yeah. I don't have to like the decisions. Mm-hmm. But I can't hate the man. Yeah. I cannot hate him. And I see so many Christians that are falling prey to offense. They're going to lose their salvation. I love it. It's good. This they're going to lose it. This is a very good truth. Because they're so angry at the president. I'm not angry. Mm-hmm. Because the truth is, he doesn't hold my future. Yeah. And he has nothing to do with who I am. And he doesn't hold your joy. None. 
It's a choice. That's right. It's a choice. He doesn't. So we got to be. We got. We need to be very careful that we don't allow offenses. I mean, mm -hmm. we know that it. We see spouses. It happens all the time with spouses. That's what causes divorce. Yeah. We see it all the time in jobs. We see it in our, with our neighbors. How many neighbors don't talk to each other yeah. just because maybe the dog was barking too loud one night, you yeah. know, and now they won't talk and, or maybe, you know, I mean, it's just silly stuff. You it's know? very silly stuff. Silly stuff. And we, we, we see it all the time when and we're supposed to just love them. I'm, again, we're not saying we have to like the decisions that they make yes. or the way they live. Exactly. We, we don't, but I don't have to be offended. Especially if, if their decision caused you pain. Yes. Grief and emotional distress, yes. financial setback. Yes. We get that. But I'm sorry, we cannot. Actually, I'm not sorry. We just can't be offended because the scripture says not to be. Jesus, again, how he eloquently put in, in Luke 7, you know, blessed are those who are not offended with me. You know, here, here's another a way I've noticed, Pastor, that people get offended yeah. is when they're if they're if this person is always constantly complaining or talking bad about people in, in, in general, or being a part of that argument or being a part of that situation, again, just being around those who are constantly complaining. I realized in my life and seeing people uh, around me, they're easily offended who are always complaining. Who are always talking bad about situations, yeah. and offenses rises so much easier in people like that. Yeah, it it, it really does. People that are always living what I call edgy, mm -hmm. you know, because of the fact they haven't dealt with their mind. Yeah, the, every little thing bothers them. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, she's. Mm -hmm. I, I know people that walk. They, they can be walking funny, and it yeah. bothers them. You know, mm -hmm. but it's usually comes from things they do and things they say right. or they get caught up in a in a in a talk that they shouldn't be caught up in and mm -hmm. so what happens is their perceptions are changed yes and so they don't see things right and now yeah. all of a sudden they're like their friend oh i don't like that person and yet that person and nothing you know the individual that this person's that your friend's talking about had nothing to do with you but exactly. yet you're i see people do that they take sides for no reason and oh, yes yes and and, and 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 so my point is this offense it's so ingrained in there because our society gives us excuses and reasons mm -hmm. to be mad at everything. Yeah. And exactly. that's really what it is. Everybody's mad. Mm -hmm. so. and, uh, and again, that's how you're saying it. Cause that's the, again, I, I love how you illustrated this back, man, probably now two months ago, you said that the atmosphere is charged. Mm -hmm. And again, I love that analogy because it, to me, it paints a good picture in my mind. Okay. This is what we're fighting against. This is what we're praying against. This is what we're walking against. Is that char demonically charged atmosphere? And right now we're seeing this. And the reason why this whole reason for the topic was I was at when we we're at church this past Sunday. You just mind you know, just looking at people, talk and so forth like that. And Pastor, it hit me. This is after you ministered the message, the mark of the beast. I looked at somebody, I can't remember who it was, and I'm like, offended. All I heard was offense. Yep. Offense. And then so I'm driving home, me and Carol. And I'm like, I'm beginning to discuss in my heart, like, what, what does that mean, offense? He goes, son, the people are, are highly offended right now more than ever before in the body of Christ, not in the world around us, mm -hmm. in the body of Christ. Yeah. And this is what I'm seeing. And I want to share that with you. Yeah. And you are. And it's a very charged situation. I mean, think about it. We, You mean you can walk into a situation 
where you know you can be around people of color and it doesn't matter what color it is really uh and all you anything you say it's all you, you've got to be very careful anymore because it's charged because you don't yeah. know what they feel or think about it wow and is a result so everybody's on edge or walking on pins and needles because yeah. we're afraid is that offensive to them mm. is that offensive and the truth is is the the harder you try not to offend somebody the you're most you. likely you're going to do Very it good. and and this is the world we live in or we live in a world where you've got a lot of people of color diverse races and ethnic mm. ethnicities and backgrounds but yet they're talking about how offended they are of something that happened in the past that they weren't even a part of. Right. That would be like somebody saying, you know what? My grandfather got beat up a thousand years ago. I am so angry at people that beat up my that beat up my grandfather. Mm -hmm. I'm angry at that. Right. Well, those people that beat him up, one, are dead. Mm -hmm. And your grandfather's dead. And you mm -hmm. weren't a part of it. It's just a part of your history. Right. But it's not who you are. Mm. And what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of these ethnic groups. They're pointing back to their past and saying, yeah, see, my family were slaves. Yeah. My family went through this oppression. My yeah. family was in bondage. And they're like, it's like they're a part of it. It's like That's you are not a part of it. Yeah. So they hold offenses to other individuals and people right. because they think they have the right to be a part of that past and they yeah. don't. And they want back pay. They want sort of some sort of compensation. Some sort of reparation. Yeah, exactly. For what happened to their grandparents. Yeah. If it was, doesn't matter if it was Hispanic or whatever, they want, like you said, recompense. Or something happened over 100 years ago. Yeah, and it's it's not healthy because we're teaching people constantly to be forgiving, but then we're not. Mm -hmm. You see, this is a contradiction, mm -hmm. and so when there's contradictions, people's the atmosphere becomes charged because mm -hmm. we don't know what to say and what to do, and right. we end up saying it and doing it anyway. Right. Well, it leads to an offense. Mm -hmm. These are things that lead to offenses, and. It's unfortunate because if we walked in forgiveness, you couldn't offend me if you tried. I love that. I love that. Yep. That is so good. And this is where we need to live our spiritual life. Mm. And so I don't care what color you are. Mm. When you lead your spiritual life with this idea that you cannot offend me, no matter what you say, mm -hmm. no matter how much you ridicule, mm -hmm. no matter how much you think of me a certain way, no matter what color I am or no matter what I look like or how I act, if I serve God and I walk in the spirit, you cannot offend me. And not only can you not offend me, you can talk bad about me all you want. And I'll even let you wow. because you know why it doesn't affect who I am, what you think. Wow. Number two, mm. I'm called to live a forgiving life. Mm. And I've had to forgive a lot of people as a pastor. I'm going to tell you right now <laughs> that that transcends all colors and races too. Exactly. more specific, a pastor of 18 years, 18, 18 years. years. Okay. Full-time ministry for 25. Yeah. Uh, well, 27 years. And let me tell you, people don't like you for a lot of reasons. Mm. They say bad things about you for a lot of reasons. Right. They smile at you when you're when they're in front of you, but talk behind you, you know, yep. when you're not around. And it, and it'd be very easy to be a pastor and live an offended life mm -hmm. with all the stuff that's come across my desk, across across Emails. my ears, mm -hmm. the things I've seen, the mm -hmm. things I've heard, things people have just flat out told me, and I'm like, it would be so easy, mm -hmm. and to live just constantly in offense. But no, I don't. I forgive them because you know what? At the end of the day. They're going to have to answer to God for every idle word they speak. That's what yeah. my Bible says. Yeah. But my Bible also says I'm to walk in that, that level of forgiveness that even if they don't ask me, 
Yeah. I've already forgiven them. Let me ask you, Pastor. You mean that? I think. I mean, this is a good like closer for for offense is forgiveness. What's your motivation for forgiveness personally? What's your personal motivation to forgive people all the time? I don't want God to be have the reason to ever hold anything against me. Mm. That scares you. Yes, that scares me. Mm. Uh, I always think, am I doing something that God could hold against me? Because if I am. Is it an eternal issue or is it a temporary or fixed type thing? What is it? Mm, Whatever it is, I don't want him. I don't want God not to be pleased with me. Mm. And so by caring about what he cares about, mm. I'm telling you right now, it's easy for me not to worry about what the world thinks. Wow. I am deeply concerned about what God thinks. Wow. And so it makes you think different. I mean, to me, if you're going to have a one-track mind, that should be it. That's it. It's a one-track mind. That's it. Is is God, I don't want to offend you. Mm-hmm. God, I love our relationship. I want to grow in our, in our relationship. Yep. So if I offend you, God, please forgive me. Yes. That allows you, it opens the door now to forgive others who offend you. Yep. And people don't understand that it's, it's possible because I've talked, I actually talked to somebody recently, but they just believe that it's natural to have these emotions. Okay. If you're talking natural to the flesh, I agree. I, I totally agree. Sure. I can't deny it because the yeah. human emotions there, yeah. God created them. Yeah. But if you're talking about when you're walking in the spirit and in love and in forgiveness, mm-hmm. it's actually not natural in the, in the supernatural. And that means we have the ability to walk the way Jesus did. If Jesus was ever offended even one time, he would not have been able to go to the cross. That's right. And so, and yet, and he's also the one that tells us in Luke 4, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. So if you've been hurt, offended, he can heal you. He can heal you. So this idea that it's, hey, it's so normal to walk with hurts and towards people. No, it's not. Not in God's eyes, it's not. That's good. And so when I tell people that it honestly doesn't bother me when somebody says stuff, Mm -hmm. now don't get me wrong, I might take into account what does it mean as far as a friendship. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to stick around an unhealthy friendship. But am I uh, offended? No. I'm not going to lose sleep over you. Yeah. You, You cannot make me lose sleep. Yeah. If you do, then there's actually still a problem in me. Sure. And that's how you know that that thing hasn't left. Uh, I love it. Now, kind of in closing of this podcast, Pastor, what's, you know, thinking about all the scripture you know about forgiveness and things of that nature, how would you define forgiveness in your, in you, within you personally? Forgiveness is not a choice. Mm-hmm. I've been told that all my life. Um, forgiveness is a choice. Well, then that means you haven't forgiven in your heart. Uh, everything that we do is supposed to be the substance of everything that we do should come from the spirit mm-hmm. and should affect our hearts. So if I say I forgive you, but deep inside my heart, I still haven't and it hasn't affected me in my spirit, then I'm not walking in forgiveness. Right. You know, it's easy to say I forgive you. It's like a lot of people that say, Lord, Lord, did we not serve you? Did we not cast out devils? Did we not speak in other tongues? Yeah. Did we not prophesy in your name? Mm-hmm. He says, Depart from you, worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. Mm-hmm. So if even if even if the Lord can say, yeah, you can say you're a Christian, mm-hmm. that doesn't make you a Christian. Mm-hmm. Saying I forgive you doesn't mean you're forgiven. Mm-hmm. So my point is, it, I, it's extremely important that people understand that when you say you forgive somebody, it's because in your heart you've released them. You've, you didn't just, you didn't make a choice. You released them because it's a biblical, it's a, it's a biblical mandate. It's a biblical mandate to forgive. And so it's interesting. Um, Peter asked the question, how often do we forgive a brother? And if I remember right, 
in the New Testament, right here, yes, in Matthew 18, verse down to 25. Okay, and okay, so then Peter said, Lord, how often shall I forgive my brother's sin against me and, and I forgive him? Mm -hmm. Up to seven times. I don't need to go any further because we already know what Jesus said. But, but here's what's interesting. Yeah. Peter didn't say, if my brother comes to me and asks for forgiveness. It just says, Lord, how often shall I forgive my brother if he sins against me? The, the reason why this is really important, because a lot of people wait for the person. No, he owes me an apology. Mm -hmm. He owes me an apology. And I see families do this. Mm. Let me tell you something. No, yeah, people owe an apology just so that way God can forgive them. Right. But I'm not going to sit around and wait for your apology either right. to forgive you. Right. You see what I'm saying? That's very good. And some people, they don't. They hold that offense like I have a right to. to be angry. You, I have a right to be angry because they owe me an apology. Mm -hmm. They did me wrong. Right. Well, they may have. My scripture tells me, Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but 70 times seven. Mm. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed 10,000 talents, mm -hmm. uh, owed him 10,000 talents, mm -hmm. but he was not able to pay. But his master commanded that he be, that he be sold mm -hmm. with his wife and his children and all that he had and the payment be made. So he's saying, look, there's a payment that has to be made. Right. We're not going to deny that. Right. Because you reap what you sow. Right. He says, there, but the servant therefore fell down on him and said, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you. Mm -hmm. And the master then of the servant who was moved with compassion released him and forgave him the debt. Wow. He didn't say, forgive me of the debt. Right. He didn't say, Master, forgive me. He just said, I'll, I'll find a way to pay you. Yes. He wasn't asking for forgiveness. Mm. If you look, the servant fell down to him, said, Master, have patience. Have patience with me. I'll work hard to get it. Right. And the master just said, nah, forget it all. I've forgiven you all of it. Wow. So my point is, is that you shouldn't have to be asked mm -hmm. to be forgiven in order you, for you to forgive someone. Wow. And mean it with your heart. Right. I forgive them. Right. They did terrible to me. And they don't owe me an apology, but they do for their sake. Right. Not for my sake, but their sake, because God sees it. Right. I love what you said about forgiveness. I kind of add a little something to it, too, yeah. for me personally. Forgiveness is releasing the pain. Mm-hmm. And that's what forgiveness is. Yeah, it hurt. Yep. Yeah, you know, it stung a little. Yeah, you, you didn't expect it from that person. But you're releasing them. It does. It releases the pain. You know what else it releases mm -hmm. you of? It releases you of their sin. Because mm. their sin's on you. Right. How? Because you were offended. Mm. And if you were offended, mm -hmm. you better forgive. Yes. So you now need to be released from their offense that mm. they brought to you. That sin. And now that's sin to you. Mm -hmm. And so how do I get released of that offense that's upon me? I'm going to forgive it. Yeah. I forgive it. Yeah, I don't want to be offended with him. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be hurt. Mm -hmm. Granted, we may not be able to get along because we have different values. We have different character. We believe in different truth. Yeah. We may not really be able. But if I see you, I won't treat you any different. I won't not love you. Yeah. You know, Pastor, as we get ready to close this podcast, you know, there'll be a few people out there, Pastor, who are just 
having a hard time with offense. It's really bothered them. Mm-hmm. It's really hurt them. And I'm sure exactly what you've been saying, what we're discussing here, really ministered to them. Yeah. Is there anything you want to add to them just to kind of help them put them over the edge to start forgiving people and walking in that forgiveness? You need to, you need to learn how to give it to the Lord. That's what he came for. He came to bury our weight and our sin. He came to bury the struggles that we deal with. He came to bury the heartaches and the hurts. He came to bear the fences. He he, he came to bear it all. Yeah. That's why his burden is easy and his yoke is light because there's right. nothing that he can't handle. So if you decide to carry a fence, mm-hmm. then you're saying I'm willing to carry the burden that that person brought upon me. Yeah. And I'm okay with living in that burden. Mm-hmm. And until that person asks for forgiveness, I'm gonna hold it. Wow. You can't do that. Only Jesus has the ability to carry it. Yeah. So that means you release it to him mm-hmm. and say god i'm exonerated i love that person that there defended me and hurt me there i don't care how much they speak against me i don't care how much they say you can't hurt me or change me and so this is why a lot of people i hear other people say well you know they said something about my wife and my family now granted i'm not saying that there isn't a certain level of defense that you shouldn't sure. stand up for sure. them because it's disrespectful but there's also a certain place where you got to learn to forgive and walk away mm even though they probably deserve to be punched in the mouth. Okay? Sure. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. You you got to learn to just forgive and walk away. Yeah. And you got to tell your spouse, we got to forgive mm. and walk away. No matter how ugly it is at times, that's not easy to do Yeah, because words can cut. But under the circumstance, we walk away. You know, Paul, Paul was smacked in the mouth yeah. and he ended up not realizing it was the high priest. And he mm-hmm. said, you whitewashed wall. But when he realized it was the, uh, the high priest, mm-hmm. he asked him to forgive him yeah. because he didn't know. Mm-hmm. And he, he had a respect for the position. Uh, you know, Jesus was smacked, beaten and abused. And then he says, forgive them, Lord. Wow. Why? Because he needed to release their offense. Mm-hmm. He was carrying their offense. He carries their sin. That means that when they would offend him, that sin now lands on him. When somebody offends you, that sin lands on you. Mm -hmm. The only way to release them is to forgive them. And that's what Scripture tells us to do anyway. Forgive. I love that. I love the analogy like you talked about. You know, every hit that Jesus took, um, every time they pulled pieces of his beard out, the Scripture says, he was walking in forgiveness all the way to the cross. All the way all the way bleeding and then and then he made it known by his statement because he had to let the world hear it Mm. he had to verbalize it because words what's powerful about jesus and then that's when that sin's released forgive them so listener i mean there you go listener i mean we can go on and on about about this but i believe pastor paul laid it out perfectly what we're required to do Mm -hmm. so listener friend you let it go give it to the lord by how you let it go is by giving it to the lord and again Walking in forgiveness releases the pain and the sin over your life. Listener, I pray this podcast really blessed you. We really do. We love you so much. And it's time for you to be free. Because whom the sun sets free is free Free indeed. God bless. God bless. Thank you for joining us today. Power Talk Podcast is brought to you by Powerhouse Church. You can find us at fellowship.fm and Spotify. If you would like more information, prayer, or want to contact us, go to powerhousechurch.us.